um, fan, uh, fandom of baseball and, and hockey as well. And I decided to jump on with, with the Flyers and the, the Phils as well. Um, but the Sixers, uh, I kind of... Um, so, so becoming a Suns fan is kind of the same story as, as, as the Eagles. I was just channel surfing one day and, and kind of got captivated by what I was watching. Um, that was the seven, seven seconds or less Suns in the, in the 2005 playoffs. But the Sixers, I kind of... Uh, I liked uh, Alan Iverson, obviously, as, as everyone did. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of had an affinity for the smaller guys, uh, him and Steve Nash. But so I kind of casually you know, had the Sixers in the in the periphery um, through the Iverson years, and then when the when the process started, uh, and if you uh, I my, don't mind my accent, I, I I have to say pro- process the way I we say it here in New Zealand. I, I can't That's say fine. I can't say process. It just sounds so weird um, coming out of my mouth. Like <laughs> but, no, you're good. But we, but when the process started, I was kind of captivated by that because the Suns at the time were the antithesis of, of the process. They were stuck in that. Um, they were fighting for the eight seed every year. They didn't really have a ceiling. You know, they weren't, they weren't a contender. The, the best case scenario was, of them was being making the playoffs at seven or an eight seed. And to see what the Sixers were doing, I was, yeah, they were, yeah, the, the losing and all that, but I was, you know, they were putting themselves in a position to compete for a championship in the future and the Suns weren't doing that. And I was really, uh, I probably was, yeah, I probably was jealous of it because I thought that was a, a, a good, a good plan. I was, I would have been, I was on board with that. So that's when my Sixers fandom started. And then really, again, once the, the, the Super Bowl happened, I, I kind of dug in with all of the other Philadelphia teams. So yeah, that's kind of how my, my uh, my Philadelphia sports origin story, um, yeah. So, so you were jealous of the Sixers, and now we're all jealous of you right now. So that's-, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. We uh, during the season we talked to Dino Srikar. Uh, he's a big oh, yes. Suns Twitter guy, um, and we feel like there's a real kindred spirit thing between Philadelphia and Phoenix fans, uh, just for the teams that we had to root for that were shitty. Uh, and then we're intentionally shitty and then getting better. Um, obviously, the Suns are now up 2-0 in the finals, which is amazing. Uh, we've talked about on this podcast, they're such an easy team to root for. Uh, we're pulling for them even without, you know, knowing guys like you. Um, so tell me uh, about this Suns team going into the playoffs. What did you think about their playoff outlook? Like, did you see this happening? Uh, obviously, they first had to get through LeBron and AD, like, what was your yep. sort of prognostication about the Suns heading into the playoffs? Um, so I was pretty, I wasn't, I wouldn't put, because I kind of have like a, a, a Twitter persona and my online, um, and my real, my real sure. And on And on Twitter, I was, you know, I was, uh, like Dan was having his half rant on after this, the Hawks game seven part. I was I was not being a coward. I was saying, you know, Suns are going to destroy the Lakers. Suns, Suns and oh, Six, wow. all of that stuff. Uh, I was I was pretty despondent when they drew the Lakers. Um, deep down, I did think my I ended up picking Lakers in seven. I did not think they were going to get out of the first round. Um, so, but once they did, I, I thought that. Uh, the Suns could take the Clippers. I'm sorry, the the Nuggets, and then whoever came out of the the Clippers Jazz series. So I was once they beat the Lakers, I was pretty confident. I would have been disappointed if they didn't make the finals. Um, to be honest, but the the first round, I was I like 
because I was, it was a couple of things. First, obviously, it's, it's the Lakers. It's LeBron. Playing against LeBron in the playoffs is a, is a horrifying experience. I hope you never have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because it was coming off such a long playoff drought, you know, it's, it's one thing to play them in the, in the first play, like the uh, defending champ, you know, Lakers, LeBron AD in the first round. But to do that and not have any, you know, the playoff experience was for the entire roster was Chris Ball and Jake Crowder. Uh, and I, I did think that going into the series, I did think that was going to be a factor. And just for me personally, being a fan, I didn't know, like last time the Suns were in the playoffs, I was a, you know, a, a dumbass university kid in my, in my first year at that at, at university. And I kind of, I forgot what it was like to, to get up for and, and root for a team in the playoffs uh, in, in the NBA. And I had like a pit in my stomach before every single game of that series. I felt like I was going to throw up because I, I didn't know, I didn't know how to feel. And mm-hmm. um, since then, it's gotten better. Uh, like uh, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty- um, <laughs> since then, but no, I was not. Uh, I, I did not think they would get out of the first round. So this this finals round has been a. Uh, I mean, it's been a, just incredible. Um, how are you feeling right now? I mean, obviously, I'm sure good would be the minimum. But like the Suns are up 2-0. They took care of business at home. Uh, game three will be the night that this comes out. It'll be tomorrow. Um, how do you feel? Are you nervous? Do you feel like you guys have this? Obviously, the real crossover is Dario, who sadly tore his ACL. We love Dario, and he seems very well-liked in, in Phoenix as well. Um, but how are you feeling for the rest of the series? I mean, things are looking good right now. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm very confident. I think they're going to... I think they're going to close it out in five. I think my, my the way I think this series is going to play out is that they'll lose um, game three and then win game four and then close it out um, at home in Phoenix in game five. So, okay. um, yeah, I don't... Uh, it, it's, just kind of, it's just wild kind of being in this point um, considering where I thought this team was going to be at the start of the, of the season, let alone the start of the playoffs, that they are up 2-0 in the finals and they're, yeah they're such a fun team to watch and yeah the Dario injury sucks you know he was he's been up and down this season um there was an a, there was a point where, like we actually when he made his return I think it was in the very first Sixers Suns game um back in February and he was and he was awesome in that game and he started off the season really really well he was you know a uh a border, I thought I thought he could have been like a borderline six man of the year candidate with the way he was playing um, to start. And then he kind of had a huge slump for the last couple of months. And then he's kind of been on and off in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, a depth, you know, he's an important depth, depth piece. You know, he's a backup center. So, um, you know, losing him is going to be a big, uh, you know, it's going to be tough. But um, there's still, you know, I think a lot of... Um, uh, Sixers folks have an affinity for Monty, so I think they'll be rooting for him as well. And he's been an incredible coach. Um, he, he's gotten the guys. He's such a good um, game-to-game um, game planner. Um, maybe not so much in-game, but, Mont- but Monty's been amazing. Um, and now it's just, yeah, it's pretty wild that, uh, you know, maybe a week from now we could be talking about, because I think game five is, is, exactly, is, is, yeah, is exactly a week from now. Wow. And... We could be a week from now. The Suns could be NBA champs, and I, uh, I don't know how to 
um, conceptualize that at this point. <laughs> is your sleep schedule all fucked up? Like, what time are the games happening for you? Uh, or, or does it work out okay? So they work out okay. Um, the So most of the games start at 9 Eastern, I believe. So that's 1 p.m. Yeah, so it's, oh, that's it's, great. It's okay. Not too bad. Yeah. Um, but I have, but I am at work during all of the games. So I kind of have on game days, I'm kind of running around like a madman doing all my stuff in the mornings, just so I can do some busy work and have the game on in the corner in the afternoons. Right. Um, but game five um, is on a Sunday here. So that's, that's why I'm, I'm hoping they can close it out in five because then I can actually sit home, sit at home and watch game five and watch them win the title. So the, wow. um, the timing is, is, is pretty, it's decent. Um, it's not like the like when, when football season starts and all the games start at 5 a.m. on a Monday morning, um, which is um, pretty pretty brutal. But you know, right. you do what you have to do for the you know for the fandom. Right. Um, talking about the Sixers, uh, they obviously lost in spectacular fashion uh, this uh, uh, playoffs. They lost in the second round to the Hawks. What is your vantage point on the Sixers and what? you know, you think they should do this off season to make things better? What do you think? Yeah. So obviously that was a, that was a disastrous result. Um, I was, no, I was watching that game seven at work. Um, and I just, I was kind of just in, in shock that, I mean, in shock that it happened, but not shocked just because the way they had played the whole series. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously I think they were, yeah, they were the more, they were definitely the more talented team, but that doesn't mean shit in the end. You know, they were the, the Hawks were just tougher than them. They won and they, you know, they played with so much more urgency. Um, what what the, the off-season plan is, um, I think you guys have have you know, talked over it on on the pod. I think I think you have to move on from Ben. I don't yeah. see him and and Joel as a tenable playoff um, duo. I don't, you can get away with them in the regular season. In the playoffs, in the playoffs, I just don't think it can work. Um, and it's shown that I mean, you can't have your your second best player and a, and a max player on the on the bench in the fourth quarter of a, of a game seven, like yeah. because he, he can't be on he can't be on the floor on offense. No, you <laughs> stick him in, in the you stick him in the dunker spot and it just clogs the lane for you know you're running your offense through Joel, and you have been there in the dunker spot just clogging up the lane. I think you need to move him for a perimeter guy. Who that person is, I think you, I don't know. I know you guys have brought up names, you know, as CJ McCollum, guys like that. Whether that's uh, obviously the, the the crown prize would be Dame if Portland moves, right. decides to move him. Um, but you need that that uh, perimeter initiator because running through the post through a post player in the in the in the playoffs is is difficult in itself. Let alone when you don't have the spacing that the Sixers have when Ben Simmons is on the floor. So I think they have to move him. Um, whether they, I don't, I don't think Daryl is going to move him for the sake of moving him. I think he'll move him right. only if, only if the right deal um, shows itself. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if he's with the team with, on the roster to start the year. Um, but I think he needs to be, uh, for if the Sixers want to, because they're a legitimate contender, they should be, mm-hmm. and this what happened this year can't happen again. It, it, it just it was it was a, a disgraceful 
into the season. Um, we certainly agree with that. Yeah. So, um, elsewhere for the Sixers, Danny Green made some comments this week <laughs> that did not go over great. Uh, I'll read you the comments, Emily. I want you to react to these. Um, it's a lot of it's a lot of comments. It's a lot of words. He talked to John Clark on John Clark's podcast. John Clark asked him. Do you think the crowd and Philly can have an effect on someone like Ben in basically big moments? He said, for sure, it has an effect on everybody. And I think that's something that needs to change in the city. I love our fans, but when things aren't going well, they can't turn on you. That's the one thing I would disagree with or dislike. Some guys use it as motivation. Some guys have a chip on their shoulder, but I think that needs to change. They need to be riding with us regardless of how things are going. We're the number one team in the East still playing well and in some games they boo us as part of the culture here uh part of the, their way of showing they love us but with a guy like ben and other guys i think they need to stick behind them and stick by them as long as they can until the horn blows and even then he's here he's given so much to the organization and the city on and off the court that he deserves that respect and that support uh lots more bullshit after that uh, Emily, what's your reaction to this uh, collection of words from Danny Green? Um, I'm just confused as to what games Danny Green was at. I thought I saw him on the bench at the Sixers playoff games, but now I'm not so sure because, I mean, every game I was at, which was almost all of them, all the fans did was cheer and want the team to do well and support them and so I'm confused as to what games he was attending I am with you Dan uh what is what's your reaction to what Danny uh your namesake so it's probably hard on you to criticize him but what do you, what did you think about what Danny said about the Sixers fans it was really awful like, <sighs> like first of all what is he talking about like, I have no idea like, I was at a couple of games I watched them lose two awful playoff games and, like, spent a lot of money to go cheer them on as they just screwed up over and over again. And, like, we did. We The whole stadium was cheering. We talked about it over and over again. Like, it was, like, almost pathetic how much Ben was getting cheered when yeah. he was at the foul line. It was, like, sad. And to then, like, I'm so sick of all of the excuses, like, that are, that are made for Ben that have been made by certain guys on this team in general. Like, as like, is he seriously implying that like the fans are the reason that Ben like was in his head at the foul line? Because that is ridiculous, and obviously like it doesn't really reflect what happened at all. But like, even if we did, like, yeah, there was booing like at the end of Game Five, which we were all at. Like, what are you supposed to do after they blow a twenty-six point lead? Are you supposed to like stand there and cheer like? Like, right. that'd be a really sicko thing to do. Like, you know who is doing that. That's that's weird. I mean, the three of us were at game five together, which is absolutely horrific. And we were, everybody in unison was cheering Ben when he walked to the free throw line every time as if he was like the team manager on senior night who gets to play with his friends. It was embarrassing, honestly. He's an all-star. And we were all just willing him to make one of those. And people booed at the end of those games because the Sixers were the fucking one seed and could have walked to the finals if they could just function like a normal team. And it's like, you know, I, on one hand, I understand that Danny Green is 
uh, motivated by sticking up for Ben Simmons. And he's his teammate and he's trying to find an excuse somewhere. I get it. But on the other hand, it's like, nobody wants to hear the the shit. Like, we don't want to hear fan criticisms as the Sixers just like completely wilted in the postseason and like inexcusably so. So like, I think that they were provably false, you know, what he said about the team's support. And I also think that like, you can play in different cities where the fans won't boo because the fans don't care. And like the Sixers fans boo, like none of us stand for any sort of like insensitive remarks that are said, but booing itself is the, the fans way of expressing displeasure with what's happening. And, and I think that that should be, you know, kosher for, for what's allowed in a stadium uh, with fans that care about the team and people spend a lot of money to see these guys play. Um, uh, you know, Rohan, is this your read on it as well? Uh, from your sort of perspective on the Danny Green quote? Yep. No, I, I completely agree with with what all of you have said. Um, and like these weren't just like this is what this wasn't you know the Toronto series two years ago. This was a this series had two you know cataclysmic collapses that right would go down and like the pantheon of Philadelphia sports <sighs> losses and. Yeah, I mean, uh, the one the one thing I'm I'm you know, bothered about you know everyone on that pod on that uh, same appearance on on that podcast with John Clark he was, you know the, the story was talking about the fans he literally said that they did not take the Hawks seriously enough. And like that's there's your big quote <laughs> by the way. I know I, I was I was mortified like why is not this not being picked up this is the this is the main story here, <laughs> but um, I. Uh, they just, I mean, yeah, it's, it was, uh, they deserve to be booed, <laughs> to be honest, because yeah. that were, those were horrific losses and it just comes off as excuse making um, for a series that they should have won handily. Um, so no, I, I completely disagree with, with Danny's comments there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah. Um, uh, you mentioned uh, trading Ben Simmons, which certainly seems like, uh, if not a likelihood, a very strong possibility. This week, there have been a few reports um, from reporters about uh, the Timberwolves. Minnesota Timberwolves are interested in Ben. Uh, John, I don't know how to say his last name, Krasowinski, I don't know. God bless. He's a great reporter, but I don't know how to say it. Uh, he talks about how the Timberwolves are basically they want to be in on Ben Simmons. He also said they don't want to trade Towns, uh, Russell, or Anthony Edwards, but he, I guess, everything else. Um, he said that, and then Dane Moore, who is another Timberwolves reporter, he said, uh, Timberwolves president of basketball operations, Gerson Rosas, and the 76ers general manager, Elton Brand, met in Chicago during the NBA Combine, where a Ben Simmons trade was discussed. The Simmons to Minnesota trade was discussed. Uh, the negotiations are not substantive at this time, but I guess two things definitely confirms. One, the Sixers will like are he's on the market. You know, if Elton Brand is having a meeting, and this seems like from what we've heard from from other people at the site that uh, these are legit reports. 
Um, he's clearly on the market in some way. Uh, and Minnesota is definitely interested. Everybody has been saying how it's very hard to do a one-to-one trade between Philly and Minnesota because the contracts that they have to match would be like Russell, who I don't think the Sixers won and I don't want, or, you know, like uh, Malik Beasley, who is good and would help the Sixers and Rubio, but that's just not going to get it done. So it seems like a three-team possibility uh, if if we find a star in another team and that team doesn't really want them. Uh, Dan, what do you think about the evolving nature of the – Timberwolves sort of stuff and and uh, how real do you think it is that they'll be in this thing until the end? Dan, we have Dan. He's gone. Emily, you're up. What do you think about uh, about this stuff, the Timberwolves? What do I think about this stuff? We kind of talked about it on our other episode when we were talking about potential Ben trades. I don't really know that there's a ton of people on the Timberwolves that I'm interested in having on the Sixers. Um, I know Dan was interested in Towns or someone like that, but I don't know that they have enough value um, for Ben personally. Right. Uh, it seemed, That seems unlikely, and I think Towns is probably a center most of the time, and uh, I would be surprised if anything like that happened. Uh, Rohan, what do you think about the Like, if you were the Sixers, would you be tantalized at all by a, you know, Timberwolves offer? The, the complicating thing is that the Sixers don't seem likely to accept, like, a bundle of picks for Ben unless they just reroute it someplace else because they have to win now with Joel. So what do you think? Yeah, exactly what you said. They're not looking for, you know, draft picks or, or young prospects. Um, like, I, I would be intrigued by Anthony Edwards, but he's, you know, I think he's, a few, I think you talked about on that, that same part that Emily was referring to. He's a, he's a few years away from, from being uh, right. you know, a, a, a big con- contributor on a, on a championship team. So he doesn't really fit with the timeline. Um, yeah, I don't see how it would work straight if, if it was just a, a Sixers Timberwolves trade for Ben. Um, you know, the, 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 the Wolves would be high if they traded Towns for Ben. If, in my opinion, um, yeah. and yeah, Russell, I, I I would not want him. I agree with you. So yeah, there would it would have to be a three teamer because there's just I just don't think it would work with with what the Timberwolves have on their roster. Yeah, uh, Dan, I'm hearing that Dan is back now. And uh, what do you think about the new reports about the Timberwolves wanting Ben? Yeah, I don't think it's all like that surprising. But I agree. I don't really know what they give. It's just I think it makes sense most as like a potential third team. Uh, if you know, hopefully you can get like a real star. Like obviously, you know, Dane is the guy everyone's talking about, and if the Blazers want more picks than anything, if they're going to rebuild, then then that's what they're good for in that deal in terms of you know Timberwolves. But yeah, on the market, which is yeah. Um, uh, Ron, as a fan of the Suns, you can sort of forget the construction of the Suns or how Ben would fit over there. But just as another mm-hmm. team, would you have interest in Ben? Like, would you buy somewhat low or would you make a real offer for Ben at this stage after sort of what just happened? Uh, yeah, I think, like, I I think there are teams that would have interest in Ben um, if, you know, that you're... They're, they're smaller markets. They don't have, they can't really sign 
free agents. They don't have uh-huh. like they're they're kind of stuck in the middle ground in terms of um, not not picking up picking super high in the draft. I w- I would you know have interest in Ben. Um, he seems like a tip, like a classic. You know, just needs a change of scenery, and he would he would thrive. I don't I don't think. Um, I think being on this on this team with the Sixers, it, it can you know. I, I understand like in, in Philadelphia, it can it can wear on you if you're not mm-hmm. you know, if you're not built for it. Um, and he he might not be, and he could be you know a guy who can just thrive in a different situation. Um, so. I would try and buy low on him if I was, you know, a team like maybe maybe Sacramento, or you know, a, a team like that that is missing, uh, missing another young piece. Um, so, I think he does have. I think he should have like a good. I think we, we might get too down on him based on what we saw in the playoffs in terms of his trade value, but I think his trade value is going to be pretty pretty solid. Um, yeah. So, I think you should be able to get something good for him, and I think there will be interest from multiple teams. So uh, transitioning to the Eagles, we're big Eagles fans. We talk about uh, them sometimes, especially in the offseason. What is your feeling about the team? Uh, How do you feel about uh, Jalen Hurts? Uh, Are you a Hurts guy? Um, And do you think they have a shot at the division, which is not particularly great uh, this season? What's your current feeling on the Eagles? Um, I'm somewhat optimistic on the Eagles. Um, I think... Uh, yeah, everything was an absolute. Last season was an absolute disaster. Um, you know, the the coaching was bad. the The quarterback was bad. Everything was bad. Um, I, I'm a, I'm I'm not too I'm not too sold on Jalen Hurts. I think mean, we need to see more. Obviously, he only started what three or four games last year. Um, but I, I'm I'm optimistic based on on what I've heard from from Sirianni. I think Nick Sirianni is going to be going to be going to surprise some people um just with the way he talks he makes so much sense when he speaks he's a very obviously he's a very excitable guy he's like a Ted Lasso of football <laughs> um so, so I, I can't get that comparison out of my head every time I see him speak he's just so yeah, genuinely excited yeah and and some like with some people it, it comes off as fraudulent you know they're kind of putting on a show but he genuinely seems excited about everything that he that he does he's kind of you know twisted in the head which I love um <laughs> And I, I think we, you know, it can't be understated how bad the coaching was last year, just in terms of the, I thought this, the, the scheme that was, that was run last year was so stale. Um, it, was, it was a boring team to watch. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. I think they can win the division. Um, because obviously yeah, the division isn't very good. They'll have a shot. Um, they'll have a punch of shots just from that point of view. But um, uh, I'm I'm not sold on on the other teams in the division. Um, so I think they they'll have a chance. They'll have a chance. Um, I think the offense is going to be pretty good this year. Not too sure about the defense, but I think the offense will be pretty good. Um, no, I'm a huge Devontae Smith guy, so I I was I was really happy that they got that they got him in the draft. And um, you know, there's some exciting young pieces there. I think Jalen Rager is going to. Um, He's going to benefit from not having to, the pressure of being that the number one guy that uh, that Devontae Smith is going to take, and um, I think the offensive line is probably the biggest thing where they're they're, they're deep and if they're healthy, obviously it's a bigger. We've seen the injury disasters with this team for the last seemingly five years, um, 
but now they they're going to have a good offensive line if everyone is is healthy and i think that that's kind of the biggest the biggest part of a good offense i think my belief is is having a strong offensive line because it just makes everything so much easier right. um it'll make easy, things easier for hurts and, and miles sanders so um i'm optimistic i think I'm picking like at this stage. I'm picking them to go to win between seven and and ten games. Uh, I need to I need to convert my brain into thinking it's a seventeen game season, not a sixteen game season. Oh, that's right. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's going to take. It's still still hasn't fully sunk in. Um, but I think they're going to be. I think they're going to surprise some people, and they they have a, a good chance of making the playoffs. I think. Rohan, I wanted to ask you. You were talking about some of the receivers uh, that you like. Uh, this is a me-specific question. I have Travis Fogel on my fantasy team in my dynasty league. <laughs> Any chance that he's going to be better this year? I mean, he showed a lot of flash last year. What do you think about him this year? Uh, I, I think you'll, I think you'll be okay. I think there was some weird stuff coming out of him uh, about uh, last year about him about his like he you know, he wasn't practicing very hard or that that's kind of like what the reason why he lost some some playing time to. Alshon, that corpse of Alshon Jeffrey um, later down the line last season. Um, the thing is, uh, like, it's up to, I think the, the defining factor is how much the Eagles are going to throw the ball this year. Now, you could, because you're going to have a running quarterback. So, will the, the passing attempts be there for Travis Fulgham to be a, a viable fantasy player? That's kind of the, the question for me. But, um, I mean, he was that that Steelers game last year was crazy. What he was pulling off in that game, like you can't, you you have to have some modicum of talent to be able to to perform like that and have a game like that. Um, so I, I I hope like I, I hope he's he's good this year. I think he's yeah he's a talented guy. So I I'm I'm just hoping that there's enough passing attempts to to go around for him to to thrive. Great. And um, Emily, you had a next question about Phil's? Yeah, I didn't know. I, you guys were real into your fantasy talk. I didn't know if you were ready to give it up. Um, so we were just wondering what your, your general thoughts as, you know, a Philly sports fan, what your general thoughts are on the Phillies this season. Um, they've been, you know, playing a little better, but the, the bullpen and the starting pitching is terrible and you know, do you think they can make a late run? What do you think for like after the All Star break? What do you think the Phillies look like? Um, I, I've only paid a, uh, I haven't paid too close attention to the Phillies this year. Um, but it seems like more of this, like a basically a re, uh, the same as last year, except they were maybe a bit less fun than last year's team with no matter how how many home runs that and they were hitting last year. Um, you know, the bullpen still stinks. Um. I don't know. I've seen a lot of people complaining about Joe Girardi. Um, so uh, I'm always trained just to think the, the, that nothing is going, nothing good is going to happen with the Phils. Um So I'm, I'm probably not not super optimistic that they're going to make a run. They kind of, you know, they'll they'll be around 500 the rest of the year. Um, so that that's my thoughts. Um, but it, but again, I haven't played too close attention. But I I. I you know, I, I watched a few games at the start of the year, but uh, you know it's difficult um, to keep up with them with you know games every single day and them in the, in the middle of the day. So I, I try and like catch up like a few, like a, uh, like a half of a game a week 
Um, so, yeah, I haven't too much uh, watched too much, but um, no, ho hopefully they can turn things around. So I this is uh, this is kind of a sharp pivot here, but I wanted to ask you. Um, you uh, one thing I really enjoy uh, on your Twitter is when you uh, when you're trying foods that I think are usually at fast food places that are everywhere, yeah. but they only offer these certain weird foods in uh, New Zealand, like whatever weird stuff our fast food places have, I'm sure is different from what you have. Um, yeah. What is your, of, of the foods you've tried, you know, and you've, and in your videos you made, what was your favorite and what was just like the worst? <laughs> um, so I, I guess, I guess you would call it over there. You have you have spaghetti spaghettios, right? That's kind of like your your canned spaghetti and like a tomato yeah. sauce and like and yeah. So we had so there was a uh, so Domino's had a pizza, which was basically a a spaghettios on a spaghettios pizza, basically, which is kind of similar to what like a kind of a, a broke university student meal what what is called a mousetrap which is basically you get a piece of bread you get your spaghetti and sauce and then cheese and then you you grill it basically so it was kind of like that so when i had tried that that domino's pizza like that that was that was probably my favorite just because it took me back to when i was really you know, yeah to, to broke college student um, and it was like, it wasn't good. I'll, I'll say that right now. It wasn't good, but I, but I, I really liked it. Um, <laughs> so that was probably my favorite. The worst was probably, um, so there's something called a, ch a chip buddy, which is from the UK, which is basically a, uh, so I need to, I need to convert my, my lingo. It's, <laughs> so they're basically fries. Because I know chips and fries are different. They basically uh -huh. fries in between two pieces of bread. It's such a <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I right? Steve, it sounds bad. <laughs> it sounds horrible, and it is horrible. But so, there's no so, other so, meat on it. Just the fries. Just the fries. It's fries and bread. And <laughs> wow. So, so if, just just as an aside, if anyone's rooting for England in the in the Euros final don't because they have that's their kind of cuisine so don't don't them. <laughs> um and burger king had their own version of that which was yeah there was fries and they had they had a bit of sauce in there there was some some mayonnaise and some some tomato sauce and i tried that and it was abhorrent it was absolutely disgusting and i, I believe would, it and that was <laughs> and so that would be the worst so chip buddies no um, mouse trap spaghetti on on toast or pizza yes i also wanted to ask you last uh last uh new zealand food related question but uh i recently i talked to you about this in uh on twitter but uh recently had some new zealand wines and would love some recommendations because the ones i've had are very good so uh you have some favorites that i should be trying um in terms of of brands, I'm probably not the one to talk about. Uh, I'm not the one to talk about it. I don't. I'm, I'm quite uncultured in that sense. Like I'll just drink. I'll look at the region where it's from. So anything that's from 
Marlborough in New Zealand. So that's that's the wine country, which is basically the top of the South Island in New Zealand. New Zealand's two main islands, and the South Island at the top is is uh, the top north northwest region is called Marlborough, and that's where the that's where wine country is. And there's so many incredible wines from there, reds, reds and whites. So I would recommend anything, anything from there. Because um, uh, like, I'm, I'm just the kind of guy, I'll just, I'll just look at what's, what's cheap. I'll just look at the reason where it's from and I'll grab it. I, I'm not really, don't really have an affinity for specific, um, specific brands, but anything from Marlborough, I would, I would recommend because that, that's, some, that's some good stuff from there. I appreciate it. I think that the last thing that we have to get to in this episode, we're obviously the podcast is called the Gastroenteritis Blues. So we feel duty bound, and that's a pun, to talk about any athlete that is stricken with the gastroenteritis. Uh, thank you to Adil Royster of the Out of Sight podcast on the network who sent us this tweet from San Diego Padres. The club has placed left-handed pitcher Blake Snell on the 10-day injured list. With gastroenteritis, I mean, this guy's going to be shitting himself for a week and a half. This is unbelievable. I can't believe that it would take a so the full, just like sit him for one start. I don't know. It's unbelievable. Um, Emily, uh, any comment on the Blake Snow's gastroenteritis and how you think he can remedy that? Yeah, it's really incredible. I was like, when I read that, I was like, do I have the wrong idea of like what this means? Like, I just thought it was like a a stomachache and now he's out for 10 days like have you ever had a 10 day long stomachache that sounds like ridiculous so like it it sounds serious i hope he's okay yeah there's a chance the title of our podcast is somewhat insensitive to those dealing with this but it's a little late now dan uh you're in medical school at this point do you have any uh ideas for what he can take over the counter or prescribe uh, I, first of all, I'm not quite yet, although I'm moving into my new place, like right now. So sorry yeah. for that. Um, <laughs> but no, that sounds awful. Um, I don't, if it's, if it's 10 days long, I really, is there a solution to that? Like, that's, I feel can you, you can't even see people at that point. That just sounds like the worst thing ever. It doesn't sound fun. Um, Ron, I'll spare you, uh, having to make an official comment on gastroenteritis <laughs> on the podcast, uh, just in case that would come back to bite you. Uh, Emily and Dan, do you guys have anything else for Rohan before we let him go and enjoy the rest of his morning? Anything? No, just uh, thank you. Thank you no, for uh, thank joining you. us. Love to talk Sixers and like the Suns are cool. So we have to have, we have, to have some Suns talk here with, their, with all their success. So it's good to talk to you. Rohan, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, it's great to meet you this way, and uh, best of luck to the rest of, to the rest of the way uh, in this in this finals run. Uh, is there anything else that you want us to get out there about you, your handle, anything? Uh, you can go right ahead. Uh, yeah. So uh, just my my Twitter handle is uh, Han underscore Sing ninety one. Um, thank you so much for having me on, guys. Uh, this was this was a blast. Just uh, you know, shooting the shit with you. This was no, really enjoyable. So um, no, this was this was awesome. Thanks for having me on. Great meeting you. Thank you again for uh, yeah, nice to meet you. Work with the time difference, and uh, yeah, like I said, enjoy the rest of the playoffs. I hope they do close it out on a weekend so you get to watch it live, uh, uh, and then can shed happy tears. Oh, not surrounded by coworkers. 
thank you, buddy. Very nice to meet you. Uh, we'll be back, right. I think, with another green room this week. And uh, thank you all for listening. Good talking to you guys. Emily, enjoy the pool. Dan, good luck with the move. Dan, before we get out of here, do you want to share your new address? Uh, no. You can tweet it. He'll tweet it. Perfect. Just follow the account and he'll tweet it. Thanks, everyone guys. Who, everyone who hates me on this podcast can come visit. <laughs> See you guys. See ya.